Hi, and welcome to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. I'm your host, Beth Gosho. Today, I figured I'd share a little bit about my three grief stories. I've lost my mom, my dad, and my sister. So these aren't real deep dives, but just an introduction to my three grief journeys. Thanks for listening. My parents separated when I was eight. So we had already moved twice by that time. I was born in New York. We'd lived in Maine and we had just moved to Illinois and had been there for about a year when my parents separated. My dad moved to Florida. My sister and I stayed with my mom in Illinois for the first four years of their separation. And I'm pretty sure by that time they were officially divorced. When I was 12, Amy and I decided to go live with dad in Florida because he lived in Key West and who wouldn't do that from Illinois. Um, we tried to change our minds at the last minute, but we had already been registered in school down there and um, everything was in motion. So when I was 12, um, we moved to Florida to live with my dad. And in March of the next year was when our mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and she was given six months to live and made it for about three. I was 13 when my mom died and my sister was 16. And, um, you know, I think the silver lining was was that we were already living with dad. And so we didn't have to see her suffer until the very end. Um, Once we finished school, we went um, to Maine where her parents had taken her to put her in the hospital in Maine. And um, we did did see her for about, for the last couple weeks before she passed um, every day. But um, I think it was a blessing that we weren't living together anymore when when mom died because Amy and I were already close to, used to living with dad. And um, I think the life shift for Amy and I was just, it makes you feel really lonely. Um, you know, at that age, not a lot of kids are experiencing losing a parent. Um, my dad was already dating again and actually was married, remarried by the next year when I was 14. Um, so I don't think we turned to him for a whole lot. So Amy and I really depended a lot on each other for that. So I would say the influence it had on our bond was that it just made us a whole lot stronger um, because we felt like we were in it together. And at 13 and 16, and I, I don't know, I just don't think you really know what to do with that kind of information. And then like Amy and I went back to Illinois to pack up the house and stuff. We were really thrown into a whole lot of adult situations um, in that process because my parents were already divorced, because my mom's parents hated my dad. Just a whole lot of stuff looking back on it now. We were really thrown into some really adult situations and decisions that she and I did on our own at 13 and 16. So it influenced, in my opinion, it influenced she and I's relationship very strongly in a positive way. Um, I can't speak for her, but she was home for me after that. And, um, you know, you feel like nobody else really understands what you're going through and she and I were going through it together. Um, And how I processed it at that age, you know what, I don't think I really did. I think think like a lot of people, you get thrown into doing the things that have to be done. And then it's a couple months down the road. And um, like I've said before, you don't talk about it a lot because it makes people uncomfortable, which then makes you feel uncomfortable. So I don't think I talked about it a whole lot. 
except for I know I was mad for a long time, and that'll be a story for another day, but. And now, dad's story. Today I'm gonna to tell you about my dad. So our, our mom died when we were thir I was 13, and then when I was 14, dad got remarried to Becky, who was the beautiful, wicked stepmother that I introduced to you earlier um, in my social media profile. And also when I was 14, we moved to South Carolina and I started high school in another state at another school. When I was 16, my parents tried to move to Fort Lauderdale and I did go for a little bit and then I got really, I was, first of all, I was 16 and I was rebelling and I was not happy about changing schools once again, especially during high school. So long story short, I moved back to South Carolina and lived with a friend and finished my high school career back in South Carolina. My point in telling you that is because I haven't lived with my parents since I was 16. Um, so I ha didn't not have a good relationship with my dad, but we really just didn't spend a whole lot of time together because physically we were distanced. Um, he would always take us on very generous trips at Christmas time and things like that. Um, and I knew that he loved me. We just didn't really live in the same area to have a, a close relationship. And then I got married and moved to Pennsylvania. Um, and luckily when I started having children, my dad was actually in Atlantic City working on casinos at the time. So when my first daughter was born, he was here almost right away. Um, and then other children came along and then he ended up moving out to Las Vegas. Um, and so I didn't get to see him quite as much, but it was when I, I became a mom that I really uh, evaluated our relationship. Um, because when you're a parent and you love your kids so much, you really want um, your parents to love your kids so much. And my dad did love my kids. He just didn't really um, show it in the traditional grandparent kind of way. And that's because he grew up in an abusive home. His dad was an alcoholic um, and abused him physically. And my dad actually left his house when he was 16 years old. Um, so that was the way he mm, protected himself. Um, was working and not allowing himself to, I don't think, love deeply because he got hurt and he didn't trust the process. I, that's, my, that's my opinion after years of, of trying to think about um, the kind of person that my dad was. So, But when you become a new mom, you just want your parents to love your kids as much as you do and you just know how awesome your children are. Um, and I had to reevaluate what my expectation was of my dad because... What I wanted wasn't really feasible because um, he was operating from the place that he could with, with what he was given. And like I said, I never doubted for a second that my dad loved me. And if I needed him, he would be there for me. Um, but that's also a lot of the reason why I grew up so independent was because I was. And he gave us the ability to be independent until we gave him a reason not to, which we did. So anyways, my dad and Becky had moved to Las Vegas and dad's health was declining. Uh, he didn't want to travel anymore. Um, he had a balance issue that he couldn't quite figure out. Um, and then in July of 2018, I got a call from my stepmother, Becky, that dad had died that morning. And they had been out the day before. Uh, they would go on a weekly excursion to the casino for a couple of hours. That was their weekly date. And they had been out the night before and everything was fine. And she woke up in the morning and found him in the bathroom. 
So that was my second major grief and loss, um, besides my grandmother and, and uh, other uncles in those years. Um, but that was hard because then that made Amy and I orphans. And it was a weird, weird place to be when you're 48 and to have both your parents be gone um, was really just a strange, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was just um, kind of surreal. And because we didn't live in the same area, I could pretend that it wasn't, that it wasn't real, that he was still around. Um, and um, so I think, I think that, yeah, dad's death has been really, I think, really hard for me to process um, because I wasn't used to him being around um, and I know he's not there anymore but I don't know it's been it's been it's been weird and it's just been two years so um, so yeah so that was 2018 when I was 48 I lost my dad and I miss him tremendously because he gave me a lot and not, not being a really, um, no way, shape or form was my dad ever a helicopter parent, like kind of, you know, that, that stigma that's used now. He gave my sister and I a whole lot of freedom, which I think made me, um, able to be a strong, the strong person that I am today, but certainly not without his influence. And last, but certainly not least, my sister. Um, so after the death of our mom, we became closer, I think, than some other sibling relationships. We still had our sibling rivalry and sister fights and don't wear my clothes and that's mine, that kind of stuff. Um, but I would say for the most part, we were very close. Um, and then when we both became moms, uh, we really, our families spent a whole lot of time together. My sister was a teacher in Miami and I lived in Pennsylvania and every summer, she and her two kids would come up for one, two, three weeks at a time. And we would go to the shore and um, spend a lot of time together. Our families were very, very close. Um, and in 2010, my sister was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Turns out she has the BRCA2 gene, um, which then I was tested and did not have it. Um, but she had a lengthy almost 10 year battle um, with breast cancer. Um, she was treated in Miami, got some phenomenal treatment um, upon diagnosis. And then um, they moved to DC and she went to Georgetown and had tremendous treatment there. And then in, I think it was in 2019, <laughs> In the spring, they moved to Philadelphia, 40 minutes away from me, and um, she finished her care at um, Penn, at UPenn Hospital, um, and received extraordinary care there. Um, but last fall, things uh, took a turn. They found out that her cancer had metastasized to her brain. She had two brain surgeries. Um, it also had spread to her spine um, and she was having radiation treatments and um, last fall was it was really really hard um, but we spent a whole lot of time together and I keep thinking about this year 
And if we wouldn't have been able to be with her while she was going through all this, I really hold those families close to my heart that are having to go through any kind of journey like this and not be able to be with the ones that they love. It has to be absolutely horrific because every time Amy had a treatment, she was accompanied by someone, me, her husband, her daughter, her son, somebody was there. Um, so she had the two brain surgeries and then was trying to complete radiation on a couple of spots in her spine. And in December, my niece and I were with her for a radiation treatment. And to make a long story short, she basically went into respiratory distress. We were taken over to the emergency room stat. Um, and from that point, she was in intensive care for three weeks, three weeks, um, and um, in about the middle of December was sent home on hospice. We had a beautiful Christmas Eve together. Oh shoot, I was gonna be in the other room because I wanted to show you the, the picture of her and I from Christmas Eve. Um, but our families were together for Christmas. We had a beautiful, beautiful Christmas Eve. Um, and um, in January, she arrived here on a Thursday afternoon and um, they spent a lot of time here when, when she wasn't at treatments at, at, at Penn or she didn't have any appointments, she would come here a lot. Actually, my husband nicknamed her Alice because last summer she was here all the time and before, before the brain surgeries. Um, and I would be at work and I'd come home and she'd have dinner made and, and have done things around the house. And she liked the nickname Alice. I didn't like it. Um, but anyways, that, uh, this is going to be the hard one. She arrived, they arrived here on Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. Amy's condition uh, worsened and she started on morphine and, uh, by Monday morning, she was gone. She died here in my house with her husband and her daughter here. Um, and uh, that's been my, uh, I watched a podcast yesterday that said, um, you can you can learn learn from a scar, but not from a wound. And Amy's still an open wound for me. Mom has been 37 years and that's a scar, but Amy is, Amy is a wound. So um, this is the picture of her and I from Christmas Eve here. And um, I will share more about her too, but um, that's the reason why I'm doing this is that I'm trying to turn my pain into purpose. It's what she did. She would, she never stopped living a day of her life, even battling cancer for almost 10 years. And like I said, I mean, that Friday morning to Monday morning, um, yeah, it was, it was quick and I'm thankful for that. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in being interviewed for a podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.